It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. At this stage of free agency, the Chicago Bears have at least put a body at every major hole on this roster. And that gives them a little more flexibility going into the draft, but you look across this depth chart and there's still definitely some major needs you'd like to still add to before things really get underway. You are Locked On Bears, your daily Chicago Bears podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Bears, and I'm your host, Lauren Cox. I'm here to bring you your daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. You can follow me on Twitter at CoxSports1. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Bears. You can like Locked On Bears on Facebook. Join the Locked On Bears Facebook group for even more Bears talk. And make sure you hit that subscribe button on the Locked On Bears YouTube channel to keep up with all of our video podcasts as well. Today's episode of Locked On Bears is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Our podcast today starts with the latest free agent signings by the Chicago Bears, filling a couple of other remaining holes that you felt like they got to at least get some kind of extra body added in there. And now you look across the roster and, well, there are still some places of, of very, very significant concerns. You could at least piece together a, a starting lineup that doesn't have like, actual gaps in it, right? There's at least some kind of body everywhere. So we'll kind of take stock at where the roster sits right now, where the biggest remaining needs are, and how the free agency in the draft might sort of work together to provide that without pigeonholing yourself into specifically having to draft you know, X position here and, and Y position there and kind of give yourself some more flexibility when you feel like, okay, you at least have some option at, at every spot. If you really do get screwed over and feel like you just can't get anything else, it varies from position to position, but at least they saw a little bit more depth filled in. It was what late last week, a couple of veteran free agents were kind of brought in on a more of these cheap one-year deals, continuing with a very common theme this offseason. I don't remember what order because they were like back-to-back like signings uh, late at night, kind of an hour apart. First, we'll say, was the tight end Ryan Griffin, a veteran from the New York Jets. He spent his last three seasons there and then had played for the Houston Texans for the first six or seven years of his career. Kind of a, a late-round pick, one of these like number two, number three type tight ends. I mean, he's like 6'6", 250 pounds. He's, he's Pretty big. He's not going to be a, you know, a dynamic receiving weapon athlete. And at this stage of his career, I mean, he's 32 now and has settled into like being this sort of career backup number two tight end. The Chicago Bears just didn't have that. You know, they they didn't re-sign Jesse James or Jimmy Graham. Fortunately, uh, they let J.P. Holtz sign elsewhere. So the depth chart had just been Cole Komet and Jesper Horstead. Ryan Griffin plugs in there as like okay, a veteran number two tight end, and you can kind of like put a more or less for now a bow 
on that tight end spot. And even more exciting then was Tavon Young, the cornerback from the Baltimore Ravens. The Bears were able to get him again on a, another one of these one-year deals with very little guaranteed money attached to it. And, and Young is a, a player that is also, as his name might suggest currently, younger and has some real upside there. I mean, he's played at, at a decently high level at times in his career. The, the problem with Tavon Young has not really been the on-the-field you know, performance as to why he's a free agent that's able to be signed at, at this type of a, a value for the Bears. The bigger issue for Tavon Young has been his ability to stay healthy. It, he, last season, he was actually like on the field for the full stretch, and that was a, a pretty big step forward for him. I believe he was on the injury report a little bit here and there. Like, Of course, sort of just regular bumps and bruises, I think some, some knee stuff and some foot stuff he was dealing with, but never missed a game this season for the first time in a while because then I believe – the year before that, 2020, he only played in two games, and he only he did not play at all in 2019 either. And so, like, he kind of went on this long stretch of injury and struggling to really stay on the field after some impressive moments as a rookie. He was a fourth-round pick for the Ravens in 2016, had a couple interceptions that season, but really looked like a, a playmaker, particularly in the slot. That That's where Tavon Young is going to slide in for the Chicago Bears. I mean, he's he's one of these 5'9", 180, 190 pound cornerbacks, and that's that's where he plays, and that's going to give you good value when he is on the field, and that's the real question here. Like he instantly steps in, it's like, yep, Bears top slot option. He is the guy there for them. I mean, we were wondering if Duke Shelley would continue to get some looks there, if maybe Thomas Graham, the rookie from last year, could be that potential slot option, but no, it's going to be Tavon Young for sure, and now that and then presumably that could leave, and we'll get into this in a little bit, the other starting slot or the other starting cornerback spot open for maybe a guy like like Thomas Graham for example but all of a sudden now you feel like okay you have another body at cornerback you have another body at tight end and you start looking across the roster in the depth chart it's like okay there is a, a player you can put in every spot in the starting lineup some of them much 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 more questionable than others that you can feel a little bit better about but at least you can go through and say okay like you know like it's safety next to Eddie Jackson you can sort of pencil in right now, I guess, Dwayne Crookshank being brought in from Tennessee as potentially could could be that guy. Not to say that he is their plan to be that guy, but you know, there, there's there's the potential of starting there for him. And of course, like you, know, you got your linebackers, and, and probably that third linebacker spot is still a little bit flexible right now. I mean, Joe Thomas is kind of where I might be looking in that spot. They did also just sign Matthew Adams from the Colts. He's been there for four years with. Matt Eberflus, but almost exclusively as a special teams guy and not sure that they're ready to make him that third starting inside linebacker whereas, or off-ball linebacker, I should say, whereas Joe Thomas has a bit more experience as a veteran, also, though, mainly a special teams player. And you've got at least a body at every offensive line spot, and we'll definitely get into that a little bit more. I mean, you got a body at every wide receiver spot. It's not pretty in either of those spots, but there's there's names there, right, across the defensive line. You've got sort of the what I would think of as the bare minimum. Like, we know, like, right now Ryan Winslow is their top punter, and, like, he doesn't have real, like, NFL punting experience that's worth anything. I mean, he's, he punted, I think he's punted 22 times in his career over three seasons, like 16 or so this past season with three different teams. Right? You're, not, you're not really planning on Ryan Wilson being your punter this season, but... They do have a punter. He has punted in NFL games before, right? And we're not going to we're not going to spend a lot of time getting into punters, but we are going to look at okay, 
if they have a body everywhere, where do they need to most look for an upgrade? You know, where, where are you still most desperate to add? And also then what positions you feel like most comfortable with? Okay, you know, pretty good with where things sit now. And then, okay, if you look at what, what assets you have left to add at those desperate positions, you know, can, can you... Can you start to piece together something you feel a little bit better about than we do right now? We'll kind of look at this roster construction next on Locked on Bears. Our friends at betonline.net are going to be your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports information for any and all sports, right? The Masters have been a fun tournament to bet on and, and see how, of course, Tiger Woods had a lot of money going on on how that would go for him, but golf is not doesn't always come to mind right away as, as my betting option of choice, but BetOnline makes it so easy and gives me everything I need to know to get in on some of the fun. Plus, NFL draft prop bets, how many players at each position will go in the first round, odds on who goes number one, number two overall, players from different colleges, how many Georgia Bulldogs will go in that first round, and so many more prop bets there. Plus, basketball playoff brackets are, well, play in tournaments coming, but otherwise the seating is pretty much set here, good to go. Baseball season here. Hockey, soccer, tennis, you name it, they have it at betonline.net. Head to their website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action you need to know. BetOnline, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So when I look at this Bears roster and at least see bodies everywhere, I start to, okay, where do I then need to go with the immediate upgrade? Like, okay, this position still needs to be a lot better than it is right now. And I mentioned punter, which is not important enough to really be panicking about, but is still one of these positions that I don't want to completely overlook it. I do like to be thorough. But the number one, like, five-alarm fire left on this roster for me is currently, I guess, what you would call right guard. It's Dakota Dozier, Dozier, who they signed from the Minnesota Vikings, is sort of like penciled in right now as your starter at right guard with Larry Borum as your starter at right tackle and then Tevin Jenkins at left tackle. And that is not a sufficient offensive line right now for Justin Fields. It is, I mean, Dakota Dozier has NFL starting experience. So, like, that's what I mean. Like, he's he's a body, but he's barely bare minimum, right? I just, I just don't think of him as a, an NFL starting caliber offensive lineman, even though he has started games in the NFL. He just has done so poorly consistently in those opportunities that he's had that I desperately want him to not be part of my starting lineup. And I, I would much prefer to have an offensive line with such good depth that Dakota Dozier doesn't even make my 53-man roster, let alone my starting lineup. The question is a little bit tough in the sense of like, okay, then you don't. it doesn't have to be a right guard that you signed because you could move... Larry Borum inside to guard and and then start sign an offensive tackle instead. Or, you know, you could potentially sign a left tackle, move Tevin Jenkins to right tackle, and move Larry Borum inside to guard. It's not like specifically you have to find a right guard, but you do need to find 
a fifth, at least a fifth starting offensive lineman to take Dakota Dozier out of that starting offensive line combination. I mean, I'm sure as a man, as a person, Dakota's probably a, a good guy and all that stuff. Like, I don't know anything about him, and but just on the field-wise, it's it's just uh, not something I've watched enough Dakota Dozier over the years with the Vikings to know that it's not what I'd like my plan to be for my offensive line. That That's, that's like the biggest one. And then from there, I think defensive back is still pretty darn questionable or, you know, it's it, because they're, they're seem to be going with, again, sort of like we saw some last year with Ryan Pace, the young, ha- have young guys sort of compete and hope that things really rise up. And, and that's again, where, you know, we've been trying to say like, Hey, got to be patient with Ryan Poles' plan this off season. Cause like, Again, Tavon Young just came into the mix, and all of a sudden that changes some of the compo- complexion and some compo- the composition, that's the word I'm looking for, the composition of the cornerback depth chart a little bit. And now you could say, okay, you've got something that went healthy, more reliable in the slot. So then, you know, you, you wouldn't hate it if Thomas Graham gets the chance to prove himself as the starter on the outside opposite Jalen Johnson. You want better, right? You would like to have a more solid, proven, better outside cornerback there. But we liked what we saw from Thomas Graham. He did start games last season and showed enough potential to feel like maybe he could develop into some sort of contributor and player for this Bears defense. And so, like, to some extent, giving him that opportunity, it does not seem like the end of the world. But it's also a little bit deja vu-like if you go into this upcoming season with, again, Duke Shelley, Kendall Vildor, and Thomas Graham Jr. as your options at cornerback next to Jalen Johnson because we just tried that last season and throwing Artie Burns in there but like none of the above really worked consistently like Thomas Graham was the best of that group and I would ideally like to do better there and, and same kind of thing at, at safety right it's like when DeAndre Houston Carson filled in next to Eddie Jackson he made some great plays and I'd like to see more and we've seen Dane Crookshank. I mean, he's known as the guy who who covered tight ends for the for the Titans in their safety position. Like he's a big athletic safety who can stay with some of the bigger athletic tight ends. But neither one of them is a a proven starting option. Where at least like Tashawn Gibson has a lot of that experience and, and a track record that you can point to and say, okay, I kind of know a little bit more of what I'm going to get, even if it's not stellar all the time. It's just at least a little bit more known. Whereas Houston Carson and Crookshank in that starting lineup could very well produce a nice young starting caliber safety, but we just don't quite know. And ideally, you would like to have a better player in those positions. And I I guess I'd sort of say the same thing about wide receiver at this point, where it's like Pringle and Equinemius St. Brown could have all the potential in the world and could be great players next season, but we haven't seen them really fill these bigger roles yet and you just don't know exactly what you're going to get like if you go into the season with Mooney Pringle Brown or St. Brown as your top three wide receivers that's not ideal but again it's sort of like passable I mean I mean it's you're you're not putting Daz Newsom in your starting lineup right all three of those guys have been consistent to some extent and, and have been NFL receivers with some experience here early in their young careers with potential to do more. Like you, you can sort of at least see the the idea there. You're not completely like going with a bunch of nobodies just to fill in absolute spots. But like at the same time, you know, you still, you know, you'd like, you'd like one more in there to push everybody beside Donald Mooney, like down another notch on the depth chart. You'd feel a little bit better if 
Pringle didn't have to be a number two, and Mooney didn't have to be a number one, and Equinemia St. Brown didn't have to be a number three. So but the, all of this is to say that, like, there's still some work to be done even with the the boxes, the bare minimum boxes checked, and then maybe there's still time here. There is still time, but maybe we'll still see Ryan Poles add a little something else at these positions. Like, when you're still able to get someone like Tavon Young at this stage, it's sort of a reminder of, like, hey, yeah, we we should kind of keep being patient because you still can find high upside players at good value here. And that's been the name of the game for Ryan Poles this season. And we are far from over with free agency and you still have the NFL draft as the opportunity to add even more here with two picks in the second round, one in the third round, all in the top 90 or wherever they all are. I mean, there's still potential for some, some real contributors and there's plenty of positions on this team that are pretty well set. So, so we'll look at like where, where we're feeling most comfortable and then where, where we can sort of find a combination of, of free agency and, and draft picks to, to fill out some of those bigger desperate spots. And, and I think by the end, kind of look around and say, it's not, it's not a sexy roster, but you could fi- kindly, finally kind of put something together that you can feel a little bit better about than it looks right now. That's next on Locked on Bears. Today's episode of Locked on Bears, sponsored by the makers of the world's best tasting protein bars, Built Bars. They truly are the best tasting protein bar product on the market. I've never had anything that tastes this good and is this good for you. Because Built Bars taste like candy bars. They don't taste like other protein bars that can sometimes be kind of chalky or just like cardboardy and just not not very good. But Built Bars are soft. They're easy to chew. Every flavor is covered in 100% real chocolate. But most importantly, they are low sugar, low calories, high fiber, and high protein. It sounds almost too good to be true, but I've been eating them for over a year now. And as soon as you taste that first bite, you, you're like, whoa, this is this is legit. And it's really been a, a game changer for me in terms of getting protein and, and also satisfying my sweet tooth without having to really load up on sugar and calories that I don't need. You got to try them for yourself. Head on over to Built.com. Enter in our promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Some of the additions, well, many of the additions Ryan Poles has made have truly filled holes. Not just like bare minimum filled holes, but truly like filled some of the spots on this roster that the Bears needed just a little bit more. And it's certainly, I think, narrowed down where their focus should be, but also, you know, given them more of a, like more direction in terms of like where we'd like to see these draft picks go without specifically reaching for needs, right? Because the draft is going to be the best avenue left in terms of adding potential like high impact difference makers with those second and third round picks. Free agents are all going to have some sort of warts to them, whether it's an injury concern like Tavon Young or if it's just, you know, an unproductive veteran like Ryan Griffin. They can fill they can fill those roles, but, like, 
NFL draft is where there's a little bit more of that unbridled potential and optimism. But some of these positions you don't need to touch at all at this point. And when you start to look around and think, okay, like, obviously quarterback is kind of the obvious one there with, with Justin and, and now Trevor Simeon. Like, you're, you're set there. Running back, I mean, you'll add an undrafted free agent to have another camp body in there. But you got your one, two, three, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and, of course, the uh, the free agent that they brought in from the Tennessee Titans, Darrington Evans, plus the fullback in there, Kari Blasen game. Like, it's a, it's a solid one, two, three running back room with a, a UDFA fourth as a camp body. Absolutely, sign me up. Tight end, like we talked about. I mean, I, I have my questions about how good Cole Komet will, will become, but I don't think they're in a position right now to truly overhaul that position. So you got your one, two, three. Komet, now Ryan Griffin is your two. Jesper Horstead has that upside as the third tight end. Maybe bring in, again, an undrafted free agent as a fourth for another camp body, but more or less that position's kind of kind of set in stone. I'd say three of your starting offensive line positions are, are I mean, set in some way. that You know you're, you're solid with Cody Whitehair. We're pretty sure Lucas Patrick can be a, a, at least a consistent starting caliber center on the interior there. And then I think Tevin Jenkins is going to be one of your starting offensive tackles. It's just a matter of which one. So you got... You have three options there that you can feel pretty good about. And Larry Borum, probably, I mean, probably, right? And then he's a fifth-round pick who played decently last season, but still a little bit of an unknown there. And I guess Tevin Jenkins is too, but you think first-round talent versus guy who fell into the fifth round? Like, yeah, but you got some of the offensive line feeling pretty good. Just some real trepidation about the rest of it there. And then, like, defensive end. Robert Quinn on one side, Al-Kadeen Muhammad on the other, plus you got Travis Gibson on the bench and, and Jeremiah Tauchu if he's going to play that spot or if Mario Edwards is going to kick out and be that 4-3 defensive end again. Like, there's some decent depth there. So they're not going to replace Khalil Mack. It's, it's just not going to be Mack level, but there is some names to like there and some real consistent depth to where you don't need to add anything there. You can feel like that position is pretty well set. Even defensive tackle is, I mean, it, I, I'd, I'd like... One more thing there, but like Justin Jones can be fine, and if Mario Edwards is in that rotation, you got you got some three technique depth there. And I mean, I'm not in love with Angelo Blackson, but you know, between him and Kyrus Tonga, it's they're big bodies at nose tackle. I'd, I'd like to do better at nose tackle if I could, but all things considered, it's it's not desperation there. And, and even at linebacker, right? Like great with Roquan, we all kind of like Nicholas Morrow as a athletic weak side linebacker to go with him, two really fast athletes at linebacker, and then the third spot's only going to play 15% of the snaps anyway, so you'd like to still maybe add something there, And but the team just brought in Anthony Hitchens for a workout, a linebacker from the Chiefs, who he was on the Cowboys before that, starter, veteran, co- worked with Matt Eberflus in Dallas, so real connection there, wouldn't be surprised to see him brought in. We talked about him a while ago on this podcast when the Chiefs first released him because he won't count in the compensatory pick formula, which is a name to keep an eye on there. So, like, you're, you're piecing some stuff together here. You got a safety, you got a cornerback, you got a slot cornerback, you got some linebackers, got mostly a defensive line, about half of an offensive line or so, and good running backs, tight end room, quarterback room. So, you know, there's, there's holes, and there's significant holes, and I don't want to downplay those holes, but there's some spots to feel like are pretty settled, and even though, like, the names across the board aren't, sexy household names. The Colts never were that under Eberflus either. It was a lot of guys that he coached up to play a little bit better than their name recognition. It was not a household name defense, but they played better than a lot of the the names you would know. And I think some of them were like well-kept secrets in Indianapolis. They also had their flaws. And and we're actually going to get into that on a podcast coming up here. We've sort of been, we've seen Colts media members and former Colts players sort of drop hints about everything not being as rosy in Indianapolis. That'll be coming later on this week. But for now, 
it's at least some of the same theme of like Colts were sort of a, a, a ragtag band of misfit toys on defense that all played a lot better collectively together. And so there's some there's some reason to think and some benefit of the doubt there that maybe the Bears can do something similar with these guys in Chicago with Matt Eberflus, at least on that defense. And then as far as that offense goes, like you have two second round picks and a third to get another offensive lineman, get a wide receiver, maybe a, get a defensive back in there, either the other safety or or the other starting cornerback with one of those early picks or have them compete with the with Thomas Graham at corner or with um, DeAndre Houston, Carson and Crookshank at safety. You know, you don't, it doesn't, it's not like you have to get the wide receiver with one of those first two picks or whatever, but you'd like to come away with a wide receiver out of one of those first three picks or get one fairly earlier rather than later. You'd like to come away with an offensive lineman fairly earlier or later, but it's not like you're at the 39th pick and saying, I have to get one of these wide receivers right here. You know, it, there's sort of that line there of like, it is a need and you do need to get one earlier rather than later, but it doesn't have to be at any particular spot. So you don't have to tie yourself to reaching for a guy that you shouldn't or to reaching at a position that you should just wait and get later because they do have some of that flexibility with those two picks or with those three picks when you include the third rounder. And so, like, out of the combination of the three, if you can get, like, a second-round offensive lineman, a second-round receiver, and a third-round defensive back or something like that, and then maybe after the draft you get another veteran offensive lineman and another veteran defensive back or something— all of a sudden, you, you, things are okay, right? It's not the it's not the end of the world. The, the sky's not falling exactly there. It's it's I think it's legitimate to have concerns about this roster and to feel like you know on paper it's not it's not coming together yet the way that we want to see it, and it's not as sexy. It doesn't feel like they're building around Justin Fields as much as we want and would hope that they would. But um, I'm st- I'm I know I've been going back and forth on the patience thing and like. Starting to raise some questions, but still willing to give them some benefit of the doubt and some patience here. And let's let's see how it goes. You know, if, if we reach OTAs and the roster's pretty much set and there's still a huge hole in the offensive line and the secondary is still all the same players from last season, yeah, that's when we can start saying, okay, wait a minute. Like, there's there needs to be a plan here. Why wasn't there an upgrade? What's the justification for this? And then if it doesn't go well during the season, it's sort of like a, we told you so and, and should have seen this coming all the way, all along, and not going to be twenty twenty hindsight. Like the same thing kind of happened last year with the defensive backs before the re, the regular season, when we were all kind of like saying, "Hey, this just still doesn't seem like a great idea." Or two years ago, it was the offensive line depth where we said, "Hey, there's no depth on this offensive line. This could be bad." And lo and behold, injuries, and you get um, <laughs> you get Rashad Coward playing a bunch, and Alex Bars, and blah blah blah. So like, uh, you know, you can ra- you can really start to raise the red flags when it's go time. We're still in team building mode. You're still seeing that they're being active in free agency, even for some of the the cheaper guys to fill those holes. But it's starting to come together a little bit more. And maybe another piece here, another piece there. And by the time we're after the draft, it could start looking much more like a real NFL roster. You can be sure whenever the Bears make a move, we'll break it down for you right here on the Locked on Bears podcast. So make sure you hit that subscribe button to keep up with all of our daily, in-depth Chicago Bears news and analysis. Thanks for making Locked On Bears your first listen today. If you're looking for your second listen, I got to host the Locked On NFL podcast today, the our national show on the Locked On Podcast Network, looking across the NFL. And we talked quarterbacks today, particularly this idea of like an elite quarterback and how far can you go with an elite quarterback when Dan Campbell from the Lions says, no, you don't need one to have sustained success. It's nice to have one, but you can be successful without an elite quarterback. So we talked about it in the context of the 49ers going from Jimmy G to Trey Lance, plus Ryan Tannehill in Tennessee. And we did also mourn the loss of, of Dwayne Haskins. But I think there's a 
there's a parallel here to the Bears and Justin Fields and, and kind of going to and, and where that ceiling should be for Justin Fields or how good do they need it Justin Fields to be if you can properly build around the quarterback and of course scheme plays a role in all that so go check out the Lockdown NFL podcast if you're looking for your second listen today right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day we have your Chicago Bears every day right here on Locked on Bears so I hope that listening to the podcast makes it just a little bit easier for you to bear down Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.